You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. The Ash. I don't think people really understood how fortunate they were. During the thousand years before the collapse... They pushed, it, they pushed the ash into rivers, piled it up outside of cities, and generally just let it be. They never understood that without the microbes and plants Rashik had developed to break down the ash particles, the land would have quickly become buried. Though, of course, that did eventually happen anyway. They are called Alimantic Savants. They are called Alimantic Savants. <laughs> We're leaving that in. Men or women who flare their metals so, uh, so long and so hard that the constant influence of elementic powers transforms their very physiology. In most cases, with most metals, the effects of this are very slight. Bronze burners, for instance, often become savants without knowing it. Their range, ex- their range has expanded from the burning the metal for so long. Becoming a pewter savant is dangerous, as it requires pushing the body so hard in a state where one cannot feel exhaustion or pain. Most accidentally kill themselves before the process is complete, and in my opinion, the benefit isn't worth the effort. Ten savants, however, now, they are something special. Endowed with senses beyond what any normal alamancer would need or even want, they become slaves to what they touch, hear, see, smell, and taste. Yet the abnormal power of these senses gives them a distinct and interesting advantage. One could argue that, like an inquisitor who has been transformed by a hemallergic spike, the alamantic savant is no longer even human. Oh man, I mentioned that last episode, how the epigraphs here now perfectly, like you enc- you encounter it in the story, and then the, the, the epigraphs almost immediately explain it. Spook might not be human. This is the thing that, <laughs> again, this is why um, Hero of Ages is like all gas, no breaks, compared to like Well of Ascension, for example. Well, of Ascension would just, you know, dangle a mystery in front of you for a long time. It would introduce you with something weird and then maybe not even explain it. Hero of Age is like, here's a weird thing. Okay, here's what that weird thing is. Here's a weird thing. Here's what that weird thing is. And it, and what's nice is it never stops. It's so It never cool. stops. It never <laughs> stops. Like, we'll, we'll talk about the epigraphs more in a second. All right. Chapter 15. We get Vin's point of view and the mist are pulling away from her when she uses Allomancy. We first saw this, and we remember we first saw this in Well of Ascension when Ellen pointed it out when they were first heading down into the Chamber of Ascension. You could arguably say we also saw it when he when she fought Zane, but that was when she was inside. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, oh, look at that. <laughs> I, I learned something new every day. Mm-hmm. So Vin wants to know why they've changed, and yeah. We would too, because she she even points out in call. She goes, "There was a point when like I like called on the mist and it helped me. I why is it all of a sudden pushing away?" And what we learn here is that uh, you know the mist is bad. <laughs> Ellen, okay. Ellen, Ellen, yeah, okay, okay, the mist is bad. I'm okay. Uh So Ellen is is planning on exposing the army. He's like, "I need to. We need to get them all immune to the mist here," and um. You know, Vin's kind of talking to herself and she's like, you know, Seiza believes that the mist is natural and Vin feels like she's known them even more. She knows, has an even closer connection to the mist after, you know, touching the power at the Well of Ascension. Well, 
Vin mentions that she miss, she misses Tin soon. She doesn't know, you know, she doesn't know what her place in the army is. You know, is she the empress? You know, is she a religious icon? I don't know. And it gets even worse because she walks in on Ellen fighting with Ham about taking the soldiers out in the mist. And it's just a big deal. And Ellen eventually tells her, hey, you know, your, uh, your Coloss is coming around the camp and scaring everyone. So she goes to find Human. And Human came in the camp just to hang out because he says, you know, I deserve a house in clothes. Why aren't you giving me a house in clothes? And, and she's like, you're a Coloss. And she's like, and? Or Human's like, and? You know, so what? I, I, I want the house in clothes. And Vin takes this moment to kind of interrogate Human a little more. And... He's like, do you like the mist, human? Like, what do you think about the mist? And human's like, uh, you know, it's mist. And I hate the mist. And she's like, why do you hate the mist? And he's like, well, the mist hates me. She's like, okay, whatever. And human says, you're like, you know, you're like Kolos. And she's like, why am I like Kolos? And he goes, mist. And she's like, what the hell are you saying? What are you saying right now? But she's like, well, you know. The mist, so one thing she points out though is that the mist doesn't kill Coloss, and yet human hates it. And she's trying to figure out why. And Vin's like, well, you know, actually, I kind of completely understand human because I really feel like the mist hate me. And she's like, I think it's, it's time I've come to terms with the fact that the mist are actually the enemy. And that's the end of chapter 15. Chapter 16, we get another spook point of view. And uh, I wrote, um, you know, I wrote a, a note here that Spook is Daredevil. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, that's uh, Spook, Spook is Daredevil. You got to it before I did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like we we learned about what an allomantic savant is, right? And what what you know, at least a little bit. It's someone who pushes their body to the limits with the metal, and it changes them. And one thing that the epigraphs pointed out that was very stark is he's like, oh, this happens, you know, pewter shouldn't do it, bronze, whatever, you know, it's kind of cool. But those tin savants. They're not even human anymore. Well, he said like any savant could be considered not even human anymore just because of no, that. no. Yes, it, he does. Right. Oh, I'll read it again. I'll read it again. <clears throat> the allomantic savant. Tin savants. <clears throat> tin savants, however, now they are something special, endowed with senses beyond what any normal allomancer would need or even want. They become slaves to what they touch, hear, see, smell, and taste. Yet the abnormal power of the senses gives them a distinct and interesting advantage. One could argue. That like an inquisitor who has been transformed with the hemolytic spike, the allomantic savant is no longer human. The allomantic savant, <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Yeah, um, you got me. Okay. So mm -hmm. anyway, so like you know, we're, I'm not really meaning not human, but the point being is like these they're these, transformed. They're they're transformed so much, and we can see like you know, we look at steel inquisitors and we look at Marsh, right? And Marsh was a person. Marsh became a steel inquisitor, you know, but they don't steel inquisitors don't feel human. So here we go with the savants again, but yeah, Spook's basically Daredevil. He can like he wears even the he wears like the cloth over the eyes because he in his own words the cloth is like the normal mist to a normal person. Then he can see through the little tiny holes in the fabric so well that he's like, eh, I don't care. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, I know there's a patrol coming around the corner by like the sound of the footsteps from you know over three hundred feet away and things like that, right? But he goes and he we meet he meets up with Dern and both Spook and Dern are pretending to be beggars and we kind of get more of a painting of how the citizen is essentially a dictator and we get more of kind of what you explained uh, the last chapter with how 
the 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 citizen or like the citizen is and how this is just ellen's worst nightmare but uh yeah something changed though because dern's like you know we're gonna take you because dern apparently has something that spook paid for he's gonna take him to like this uh this meeting or something and we learn that the governor officers can now wear red and spook's like that's not a that's not a you know an okay color and they're like well you know dern's like they can see red so they can stand out so people can help uh can, can find them quicker so they can help people and spook's like oh isn't that convenient <laughs> the the people in power are being able to wear these colors because it's going to help people um but yeah so it ends up being a public execution the public execution is rough uh they take basically take nobles and burn them alive in their own manners uh the, these noble manners and they just literally keep them around no one's allowed to live in the manners at all they just keep them around for when they have an execution around they burn the nobles alive in them uh kind of uh kind of rough there but we notice that the the citizen is survive is spreading survivor propaganda big time he is like all in on kelsier you know radicalizing everything that that kelsier said and i'm not gonna lie i say radicalizing but like to be real he's just like the most you know he's the rickest rick you know yeah, he's, the, he's, he's the most survivory he's <laughs> the kelsius kelsier yeah he's the kelsius kelsier essentially he's just following exactly what kelsier says like we should just kill them all and uh, and, and everything so we're seeing a very dark side uh the 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 you know darkest timeline essentially of kelsier followers here and what happens you know with his rebellion rebellion but um we learn that the citizen's sister is the girl that spook's talking to or i know not talking to yet but like listening he goes to talk to her now though in the during this execution and her name is beldra and he asks her if what's this what the citizen's doing is this something that uh you approve of and she's like she's like who are you and it's just kind of weirded out and he spook compares the citizen to the lord ruler and talking about how like you know everything that's happening now you know this is like exactly what we've seen before and it's kind of ridiculous and and she goes again who are you and he's like i'm the you know i'm the man who's going to kill your brother is <laughs> is what he says i'm the man who's going to kill your brother and because your brother is perverting Kelsier's name and I was there, I know exactly what Kelsier said. I know what's going on. And the citizen ends up seeing Spook talking to her and Spook takes off running. And we get to see these daredevil senses in action as Spook has to fight these guards to try to escape. And something bad happens here. He goes to swing his his cane his dueling cane down to hit one of the one of the guards as he describes how he literally felt the guard the air from the guard moving his sword and he knew exactly where it was coming from. He's like, I can feel the air when they move when they move the sword. I can like feel the rumble of the ground when they step. I can know exactly how far they away because I can hear the sound of their heartbeat and how it's different. Daredevil. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um but he goes down to swing his dueling cane down on on a guard he got around and he feels an alimantic push on it and he looks up and the citizen is an alimancer. Meaning he is has noble blood he has noble blood then he smacks down on one of these other these one of these guards and the guard gets back up and he goes oh god that's a thug mm -hmm. like there's no one who no normal person could have taken a hit like that and stand back up oh god this guy's a thug there's like three thugs that are attacking me right now 
And so he grabs one of them and spins them around and uses them as, sh- as a shield. And he's like, I'm going to just walk out of here. And right as he does that, one of the other thugs stabs through his own partner, stabs right through, stabs into Spook's chest. And he goes, wow, I think, uh, you know, I thought there would be pain. Oh, yeah, there. And, and he's out. <laughs> and that is the uh, the end of chapter 16. So, okay. Um, so, Spook. Spook. Um, I mean, Spook, Daredevil Spook is kind of bad yeah he's gonna fight well so it's funny because i forgot that uh daredevil spook was a thing um i remember him like having the 10 savantness and stuff like that but the fact that it gave him the ability essentially to help anticipate things because of how his senses were i'll let you nerd out on this one because this is always your favorite thing to nerd about brandon once again takes something that we look at and we go eh it makes it super cool, just like he did with bronze. Right, right. And that's the thing, is that he he even says, like, oh, I don't even have, like, a valuable power. All I can do is, like, sense things and stuff. But we already know, like, um, people use 10 to help with things like balance and things like that. I know pewter is, like, the thing that they mainly look into, but, like, their ability to sense things has been, a, you know, a super big, you know, it's been a, something that we've seen a glimpse of in the past. So it makes sense that it would actually take into its extreme would actually be able to do something like this. Um, but Spook has started to kind of like take things a little bit into his own hands here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he had already said, I think, earlier in the chapter, something to the effect of he didn't want to like, you know, show it, you know, play the hand before everyone you know got there. But here he is, you know, essentially trying to step, in, step yeah. in and do something. And this is just awful timing, right? He's like, I'm the man who's going to kill the citizen. And then, you know, off often dramatic irony land off to the left. Ellen's like, say, Sid, Breeze, I need you to take Orto dip, dip, diplomatically. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we can't have fighting over there. Well, it's weird. It, you know, it's kind of a weird play because, you know, this is a girl, you know, it seems like he kind of has a little bit of crush on or something like that. And he maybe is trying to like make sure she's not like super connected with it, which she kind of is somewhat disappointed by saying, you know, essentially like many people, you know, have said the same thing. And also he is like the person that everyone chose to be able to lead everything. So why are you just going to do that mm-hmm. anyway? But all these Alamancers on the crew, you know, on the citizens crew suggest, Hmm. He certainly is allowing certain noble blood to be around. Yeah, and it's just like he Spook was kind of annoyed, right? You know, Spook was annoyed because Dern brought him to this execution, and he was like, "You promised me something good here," and Dern's like, <laughs> "Count the skulls later," and just like left. Yeah, he he's like peaced out. Um, but we're obviously going to have more that plays into that now that uh, Spook has a sword going through him, and they're stuck. Um. Yeah. Then we go back to the mists and everything time in Well of Ascension and even Final Empire. Vin has always talked about how the mists like seemed welcoming to her. It felt like they were like, you know, that was where her safe space was. That's where she liked everything. And now she has this feeling that the mists are different and they hate her and they're doing things. And even even the Kolas are like, they see the mists are different with her. And they're like the same as they are with us. They hate us, so we hate it. Um, it's just kind of an interesting play because she's right. Like when in here in Final Empire, we know that she pulled upon the mists, you know, to be able to help her. And again, this was also when she was inside a building with the Lord Ruler. Mm-hmm. So the mists shouldn't have been there. Um, but she was able to pull upon them. And then she tried it with Zane and it didn't work. 
And then um, ever since then, she's just been kind of like, they've been kind of standoffish. And we noticed it was actually overtly pointed out in Well of Ascension when she's walking towards the Well of Ascension and Ellen was saying, hey, the, the mists are pulling away from you. Mm-hmm. Like, and we always know that when you use allomancy, they kind of curl around you. They say it's always like really playful. Um, so, I mean, those are like not my my major tidbits here. They're about to walk the army into the into the mists, and we we get we get confirmation though. Like we've been mentioning, you know, it hasn't outright been said, but we've just under the assumption have been like, you know, what we saw March do in the prologue was hemallergy. And that was just an assumption. Well, now it's kind of confirmed here, right? That we're looking at it and we go, how an Inquisitor is transformed by this hemallergic spike. It is said straight up in the epigraphs now. So whatever these spike things they have sticking out of them, that is 100% confirmed. It's hemallergy. Yes. And it, 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 like you said, it does something. It enhances abilities. It does something to these, to these, uh, these Inquisitors, essentially. And I think that's super interesting because... I want to know a lot more. It's like, Brandon always does that. I wanted to know more about uh, Ferrochemy when, when I was introduced to Sazen. I want to know a lot more about hemallergy now that I understand it's actually something. It's actually one of the the magical, uh, the, the magic systems that, you know, if you go all the way back, for people who have been following us from the beginning, if you go all the way back to us describing why you should read Mistborn, I mentioned, I said, you know, spoiler, not spoiler, there are three magic systems. We're going to learn about them. This is the third one, and it does. It, Brandon does so well at teaching you more and more about each one in each book, and I think it's awesome. And I want to know more. Um, let's talk about. I want to talk about again here. Um, Spook and his like shift, right? We're seeing how he is taking everything into his own hands. He is pushing really hard, and we're seeing that he's very much overcorrecting one way, to to be you know, in his own words, someone useful. Okay. Do we see, I know I just want to point this out. Is there too much of a parallel here to, to Kelsier in a way with, with how, how, how far he's pushing out? Like we know Spook wants to be Kelsier, right? That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. The thing here that's frustrating me uh, so far with this reading is that like, and you know, it's pretty early in, in how the story is being told here, but Spook it feels like he's just gonna be a pain in my in my side well so here's the thing so we look at a spook where he came from and final empire he was just kind of this kid this kind of little guy who got brought around by clubs mm-hmm. um you know he had his uses but he, they didn't really do very much with him my well of ascension he's this snotty little kid you know who's grown up to do more things you know he's doing he's more of a spy um he's getting a little bit more his, his accent out of the way and he's trying to find his place a little bit more. Um, but by the end of Will of Ascension, he feels hopeless. He feels like I'm not all I am is a distraction. I'm not really able to do very much. And then that comes to a culmination of his father figure dying, mm-hmm. you know, clubs. So now what we're seeing, I think, is like this is him having to deal with all that. If like the feeling that That's good he's never been he's never been very useful the feeling that he abandoned his father figure and that they that he ended up dying, you know, in the in the battle. And now he's kind of as you said overcorrecting, but he's trying to take more action. He's trying to be more like look, I'm, point, yeah. I'm not going to be this passive guy. I'm not going to just sit here and watch, you know, anymore. I'm going to actually do something 
Um, that, that, that's actually a good way to look at it. Cause I think the, what I was trying, the way I was trying to word it was that he annoys me cause he feels so much like a kid still. But if you reframe it in such the way that you're like, no, he's just like, he's been a person who has been a person, like a passive person because he's been forced to. And now he's just overcorrecting completely to be completely action oriented is interesting. Well, I mean, he is also, he is still a kid. And even if you look in well of Ascension, the only person that was any real guidance to him was some kind of Kelsier. Kelsier was more of like mm-hmm. a role model to him more than a guide, but it was clubs. And he had already distanced himself from clubs because he was a snotty teenager and, you know, he knows better or whatever than that. And so now, you know, again, the, the 10 itself was his way of responding or like one of his ways of responding to clubs' death. And so he's basically like, I'm never going to be that powerless again. I'm never going to be that, you know, again. And so that's why he's been just constantly burning his 10. And with that mindset, I mean, he's basically, you know, essentially trying to anticipate things. So, you know, we we only get a little bit of spook. You know, we don't get really we don't get any point of view of spook before Hero of Ages. Um, we only get to see him through other people's eyes in different circumstances. And most of the time we see him, he's kind of helpless. You know, one, he has that crush on Vin and and here in Final Empire. It's still there in Well of Ascension, and he hasn't really found his way, and no one's really taken him seriously. You know, if you just look at how other people interact with him, it's like, eh, you know, that's spook. And now he's just like, I'm not going to I'm not going to be that anymore. And not because he resents anyone for treating him that way, but he said essentially he feels he had deserved it and he's going to try to be someone who doesn't deserve that. Essentially, that's the way I kind of took it. Yeah, I think that's a great way to to paint this. And as we go forward here into the next couple of chapters, we're going to see the final bits of of them trying to set up the the upcoming uh, arcs of the story here with Ellen getting ready and preparing his army for for what is to be a march into the mist and Sazed confronting some of his past demons and trying to get a grasp on, you know, this whole tendril situation and keeping his emotions in check. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.